0: Hey, friends, you're listening to Changing the Conversation, a podcast by African Leadership and the Mocha Club, where we take time to sit down and explore topics to challenge our perspective in pursuit of better loving people and the world around us. Happy Tuesday, friends. Thanks for joining Emily and I in today's episode of Changing the Conversation. Today, we bring you a conversation with the hilarious and fun Annie F. Downs. Annie is a big part of our African leadership and Mocha Club family, and even spent some time on staff with Mocha Club in years past. Annie is an author, speaker, and host of her own podcast. That sounds fun. Make sure and go listen to that after spending some time with us here on Changing the Conversation. After leaving our staff, Annie dove into full time writing and speaking, and she's used her passion for education to inspire others. To join our work in Africa, she supports teachers, students, and schools like New Donna Canopy in Nairobi. We hope you enjoy our conversation with Miss Annie Downs. have all the podcasts been? This uh, fun, fun? No, yeah. <laughs> well, you're a pro, Miss. That sounds fun, podcast. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Can you tell love me a little it. bit about that? how did just get like into getting that? into that world. Oh, it's so funny, y'all. I. So
1: I'd started doing some interviews at events, like I'd yeah. be speaking so I've been an author for a decade, I've been speaking on stages for about as long, and doing like um, churches, events, conferences, whatever. Uh-huh. And some of the events had started asking me like, "Hey, will you host this too?" or will you?" do And I was like, "Yeah, sure, that sounds that sounds fun. Uh-huh. And there is an author named Ted Decker, who I love. Mm-hmm. He's a fiction mm-hmm. author. And his people called me four years ago, five years ago, two th- no, 2014, so five years ago. And they were like, hey, he has a new book coming out, and he's only doing a couple interviews and wants you to be one of them. And I was like, cool. Okay, that sounds awesome. I love him. Like, I'm addicted to his stuff. And I said, okay, where are y'all going to release it? And they're like, oh, we don't have a place to release it. Where are you going to release it? I was like, on my blog? I don't know. Like, where do you want me? You you want me to just upload a file to the world? (laughs) Like, I don't know. (laughs) And they said, have you ever thought about starting a podcast? And I literally said, that sounds fun. And I was like, huh. Uh. That does sound fun, and so we did the first one, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And then we, then I just called the next friend and called the next friend. And so the first season, the first maybe ten or fifteen episodes, yeah. most things from 2014 and the start of 2015, I was producing myself, which is terrible. I was recording myself, which is terrible. And <laughs> um, but people were still listening, even though the quality wasn't great, and the listenership just started building and building. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, this is something. Yes. And so then when I was ready, I took a break for a little bit, and then when I was ready to. Jump back in. I called a friend of mine, Chad Snavely, who's a mm-hmm. producer. He used to be with the Relevant Podcast Network or the Relevant Podcast. Then, he, and he had moved to Nashville and that's what he was going to do. And so I just was like, hey, can you do my show? How much would it cost? And can we, awesome. I think I need a professional. Yeah. And so now we're a hundred and 80-something episodes in, a- over 8 million downloads. <laughs> I mean, so it's so awesome. stupid. But it is so fun. And it is—you know what's interesting is um, y- you have to chase the light. Yeah. In in life, in work, in relationship, you, you got to go after where there's life and light. And I have felt that with the podcast. Mm. And so as we've gone after it— that's what people feel, too. I mean, mm-hmm. I love my books, and there is mm-hmm. light there, too, and I mm-hmm. love speaking on stages. The three buckets of my job, I love all of them. But there is something about the podcast that's just a little bit different for me. Yeah. And so it's been fun because at airports now, a lot of people like at airports or restaurants, wherever people recognize me, I'll have people walk up very kindly and talk, and it's lovely. And I, and in fact, I say to people, if you see me, come talk to me. We're friends, right? Right? Like right. I feel weird if we're right. in the same place and you tweet it later, right? Like just come up and tell me. I'm <laughs> I. Saw I want you to talk to me. Yeah. Right. Um. Unless I'm like doing something if awful. I have
2: a- Glasses on,
1: maybe. a yeah. Hat pulled down low. Yeah, yeah. If I'm crying, probably let it be. Leave but otherwise, love. come up. Right. And but the funny thing is, I've started seeing. I'll be telling a story, and I've started seeing heads turn and people like me, and then because they recognize my voice, not my face. I and so love then it. they'll walk over and go, "Are you Annie?" <gasps> yeah. I'll be like, "Yeah, yeah." And then, so that's been really fun. Love like, it. It's just been a different thing. And sure. this is more than I sign up for. But uh, about 15 years ago, I had my tonsils out, mm. and the doctor told me he wanted to change my voice when he took my tonsils out. And I've always kind of been unhappy with my voice. I thought it was like – kind of annoying and masculine and low and just didn't sound like anybody else's. Mm -hmm. And so he was going to change it. And he actually said, I want to do something about that husky voice of yours. And I've just never forgotten it. But the interesting thing is the very thing that, Mm -hmm. what I would say, the very thing the enemy tried to get me to dislike and change Mm -hmm. is the thing that has set me apart in a way Mm -hmm. that— Invites people toward God, and so I'm like, of course, won't he do it? Won't the Lord just take do the thing it? that you're insecure about uh-huh. and make it the thing that sets you apart? And and so it had because my voice doesn't sound like anybody else's, mm-hmm. and so you recognize oh, yeah. my voice no matter where you are. I mean, my friends who are listening to y'all that listen to me, they didn't have to see my name to know it's me, right? Because they right, know my voice. Right. And right, so, right. Yeah. It's it's a joy. It is such a fun part oh, of I my love job. That Annie,
0: that's so sweet. So, of all the three things, list three buckets, yeah. writing, speaking, podcasting, if you had to choose one.
1: Yeah. They all are so braided together. I okay. need all of you them all. to express yeah. um, me. Uh, if I, well, I am taking a break from speaking the back half okay. of 2019. Okay. Mostly out of obedience. I felt like God told me to take fall of 2019 off. And I said, I don't there understand go, why, sister. but my team confirmed it. We all prayed for the weekend and everybody hmm. confirmed it. And so, so that's the first one I'm taking a break from. Okay. I really love it. I have other dreams for my life, i.e., I want to get married. I want to have a family. Mm-hmm. I think I I miss being in Nashville on Saturdays. Mm. It just, and I've done this full time for seven years. I've traveled right. two to three. I mean, you can ask Emily. She's what the whole thing with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of have two, Fallon, actually. Yeah, yeah. We've been friends that long. I mean, I've traveled two to three weekends a month for seven years, yeah, I want to be home, And mm-hmm. so I'm excited for six months. I mean, we've already got twenty twenty booking like crazy, so i'm I'm not quitting speaking. I'm just taking a season off,
0: yeah. Um, yeah, but I've
1: also taken a season off from writing. I haven't written a book since um I wrote remember God in twenty it came out in October of twenty eighteen. I finished writing it in February of twenty eighteen okay, so, so it's been a year and a half since I've written a book as well. So yeah, um so I think cycling them out, yeah. Is important for me, except I can't like bring myself seasons. to cycle. Yeah, yeah. But Everybody you've already needs cycled a out
2: podcasting for yeah, a short that's season. True.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. I did, um, and we'll do some reruns sometimes. And I, t- I try to take two to three weeks off a year from the podcast. Seventy percent of what I do is give content. Thirty percent of what I do is how do you is modeling how you create content. Okay. And so I want to model a world where we don't have to be available every day to everybody. Yes. Yeah. And God will still yeah. do the work in people's mm-hmm. hearts, and you will still be provided for. Yeah. And so can I take Holy Week off every year of the podcast and still pay my bills and people still know God? Yes. Yeah. Right. You can take breaks. And yes. so right.
0: I'm hoping to model that a little bit too. Even your one day a week where you take uh-huh. your Sabbath uh-huh. is... I, it's been a huge lesson for me to just be encouraged. Like, you can take a full day off. You can take a full you day off. You can unplug your phone, yeah. shut it off, whatever yeah. it is, and it will be okay. It, you'll, yeah. you'll be better for it, in fact. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, something my pastor at Crosspoint says
1: a lot is, God can do more in six days than you can do in seven. Mm-hmm. And and I, I need that. to hear that because I think, and as again, as single women, I'm a single income household. Mm-hmm. So if I don't mm-hmm. work, I don't pay the bills. But right. uh, also, God actually pays all my bills right like I do the work and I do yeah. the but he provides above what I could ever ask for. I mean I, I am unworthy of a lot of my mm. life and um, and the Sabbath thing is interesting because I mean the, the other version of that that I do is I don't have email on my phone Okay, mm-hmm. and so people I had a friend message me the other day we were texting about something and, she, and I had emailed her and she had said wait because my signature says I don't have email on my phone so I'll get to you when I get back to my computer yeah Um. But people people can't believe that. But I'm like, I Dr. Phil it. always says, you teach people how to treat you. Right. You know, like if you Create teach your them you're available seven uh-huh. days a week for 24 uh-huh. hours a day, they will expect to hear from you. Sure. They, now, the flip side of that is I have to answer emails when I'm sitting at my desk. Right. Because I can't just not. But, but I've taught people, like, if I'm with y'all right now, I'm not going to be able to check my email when I get in the car. Mm-hmm. When I get back to my desk in an hour and a half, I can right. do that. I can do it then, but right. until then, awesome. I can't. You know. Right. So right. again, it's seventy thirty. Seventy percent of that is about my own health, and thirty percent of that is modeling to people. Look, and I'm still surviving. Yes, and I still have a job. Yes, and you still know who I am. Yes, and I mean Adele disappears every for three years, and then she comes back, and <laughs> everyone so buys true. her album. Right. You know, like we so aren't. True. We are not. You are not invisible if you're
2: quiet. It's and hard so in a world where, um, in the world of social media. And in the world of such technology, it's hard to believe that your relevance isn't tied to how, how big or loud or often your voice is being used. Preach that, Emily. And yeah. it's just so sad mm-hmm. to me that... Because what gets lost in that is the Sabbath. What gets lost in that is right. trying a new bus stop. And, yeah. and what you find is not only does the Lord meet you in that place, but like you find out who you are. You find out That's what the it. healthy boundaries are, yeah. and you find out the life you want to lead. Uh-huh. and. You learn more about yourself, and I feel like it's so hard in today's world where, if I'm not always available, something might be going wrong. You know, mm-hmm. but it's feeding all these other places of like, oh my gosh, then I'm in control or I'm responsible. Yeah. or I have to. You know, it, it and, always and comes no down to control for like me. Anxiety yeah. and stress yeah. in everybody's. Yeah, and you story. both have
1: seen this really clearly in my life. But when I am, when I have no blank space in my life, mm-hmm. it is because. I don't want to feel something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then when I make blank space, I go like, oh, I'm just really hurt with this, yeah, or right. I'm just really sad about this, or I'm yeah, just mm-hmm. really blah, 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 okay. you know? And then I make the space, and I go, oh, as soon as I sat down in the quiet, I'm crying. Mm-hmm. Right. Something hurts. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's not everybody's thing, but that's for sure a seven's thing and, yeah. and my personality's thing. Does yeah. your Sabbath always look the same? It does now. I've been practicing again. The the trick with Sabbath to remember is it's a practice, mm-hmm. right? Just like uh, it's a spiritual discipline. So mm-hmm. so, like yoga even.
0: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I've been
1: practicing Sabbath um, since two thousand and fifteen, and so at this point it's gotten pretty systematic. Another author that I love, Jefferson Bethke, talks about it like you're going to have bad Sabbaths where you don't do it all right, where it doesn't go the way you thought it would. But you also are going to have bad Christmases and you don't cancel the next year's Christmas, right? Like okay. you're going to have a Christmas yeah. that didn't where, where someone got in a fight or the— Turkey gets eaten by the dog, or whatever. Yeah, it doesn't mean you don't do Christmas the next year, right? Um, so my practice has gotten more consistent and a little bit better, where I do let myself sleep again. This is a benefit of being single; is I don't have kids to mm-hmm. wake me up. I don't have a pet currently. Mm-hmm. I don't have a husband that needs my help or or wakes up at a certain time, so I can sleep in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I and then I usually s- spend most of the day reading or napping. Mm. and I like to cook something. I feel like that's a I don't cook very much during the week, so mm-hmm. I'll buy the groceries on I try to I usually Sabbath on Wednesdays if I'm traveling on the weekend. Uh-huh. And so I will usually buy the groceries on Tuesday and then I'll cook something on Wednesday and eat it for lunch and for dinner. and and I like to see friends. I like yeah. to go on walks. i I exercise at some point during the day only because mm-hmm. it is a version of worship for me. And I I don't like push myself. I don't like max out at the gym, but I will go to Radnor. So yeah, yeah, usually there's, it's more like um, versus it looking the same every time. I feel like I have five or six different ingredients and Mm -hmm. I use three or four of them every week. Sure, I could totally work on Wednesday and and I'll be fine. I'll be fine. But at this point, everyone on my team, my assistants, my employees, my, even my agents are kind of like, no, we don't care if yeah. you have stuff to do. Like yeah. Yeah. you're a better annie six days when you rest one. Right. And so we and it gets it all gets done. While it's rejuvenating to us, it's also perspective shifting. Yes. Mm. Which is
2: what we love about mm-hmm. some of the work we get to do in Africa is that it's that understanding that like there is something so much bigger than me. And it allow it's like taking the pressure off yeah. once a week to remember. This is much bigger than me. It's going to take yeah. more than me. Yeah. Um, it can and will be accomplished in the way that it needs to be accomplished. Mm. And I don't have to hold all of that. Yeah. It's yeah. much too
1: big for me to hold. Man, I mean, there's a scripture. It's before Hannah gets pregnant mm. it, with Samuel. Mm-hmm. And she is in the temple and she's praying and they yes. think she's drunk. And then the, um, and she says, no, I'm just like ripping my heart out praying to God. And, mm-hmm. and the, um, Priest says back to her, you know, God's gonna do what you're asking him to do. And I think it's the priest, it's someone says that back to her. And mm-hmm. in the message version, it says, okay, so it's 1 Samuel 1, 19 in the message. Mm-hmm. So this is after mm-hmm. she it's you know, Eli says, Yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna get pregnant. You're gonna, God's gonna give you what you've asked of him. And then at the end of verse 19, it says, God began making the necessary arrangements mm-hmm. in response to what she had asked. And you just gonna like I mean I have it on it clearly I don't have the address on there, but I have it on a chalkboard in my house. Mm-hmm. And I it like when we pray and when we 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 cannot see what God is doing, but mm. he has begun making the necessary arrangements in response to what we've asked. Like behind mm. what we see, he is doing mm. he is making the necessary arrangements. Preach. You and I have talked a lot about
2: this, but your story didn't start with your dream of being a speaker and a writer, yeah, no. and a, um, but there were some prayers that you prayed years ago yeah. in a very different life yeah. that the Lord heard and began carving this out. Yeah. So take us back yeah. um, to Georgia yeah. and tell us, weave for us the story of who is Annie and how did you end up with yeah. this life?
1: You know what's funny is I just had Ben Higgins from The Bachelor on my podcast, yes. and he Ooh. told this story. It's great episodes. Awesome. It is nothing you expect. He like preaches over and over again. Awesome. He loves oh, Jesus so much. Awesome. It's so cool. That's cool. But one of the things he says is, I prayed this thing when I was 10, mm-hmm.
0: and I saw God
1: answer it the first night I was in the mansion on The Bachelorette as a 28-year-old oh or gosh. a 25-year-old. And it's amazing. So... I would say to you that when I, I mean, when I went to Georgia, I went to University of Georgia, grew up in Georgia, and I studied to be an elementary school teacher, mm-hmm. um, but I always, I had this picture in my head when I was really young, really young, meaning like 18 or 17, so not really young, not like four, but, um, well, when I was like five, I would bike around my like parents' property. We had like a pond and I would bike around interviewing myself. <gasps> Like I was on TV. I love it. I know, isn't that funny? Which that I never went after a job like that. I uh-huh. have a job like that, but I never went after a job like that. I just thought I was interesting to myself. And so <laughs> I, I was an interviewer when I was – I mean, I would wow. pretend – we would watch the Mickey Mouse Club when I was little. Yeah, And I would pretend – and one of the cool things they did on the new Mickey Mouse Club that came out in the 90s, late 80s, early 90s with Justin Timberlake on it. Um, is they would go home with the with the musketeers, right. and you would see their house. Mm-hmm. I used to pretend cameras followed me in my house, and I was showing them things. I
0: love insane, it.
1: insane. So that was always in me a little bit, but I didn't even know to pursue that as a career. Mm-hmm. So I pursued early childhood education because I loved my third grade teacher,
0: mm-hmm. and I just
1: wanted to be like her. I mm-hmm. loved what she made me feel in the classroom. I loved how fun we had a really fun experience in third grade, but I learned a lot. I just mm-hmm. thought she was awesome. And so when I was pursuing that, then when I was like 18, I had this, what I would call like a picture from God in my head of I was standing on a stage and there was a huge red curtain. And when it opened, there was no one out there except God. He was Mm. sitting in one of the seats. But I'm not like one of those like uh, Toby Mac audience of one singers. You don't have to like break (laughs) out. You don't have to put that song in the background. But I did have this feeling like my life is going to be on display publicly, Mm. but I'm just going to be me. Mm. And he's the one doing it. That's what I thought. I didn't think Mm. he'd be the only one watching. I just thought this is his doing, but I didn't have any, I mean, we couldn't have dreamed up this life. I Mm. just remember always kind of thinking, I wonder if I'll be famous. And I wonder, and it won't be for being an actress
0: Hmm, it okay. won't
1: be for being someone else. It'll be for being me, which okay. didn't make any sense hmm. to me, except the Mickey Mouse Club made sense to me. Because okay. I was like, well, well, when I was a kid, I watched the Mickey Mouse Club. So maybe I'll just go be on the Mickey Mouse Club. And so I tried. I, like, tried to get on the Mickey Mouse Club You auditioned? as a teenager. So my mom was really good friends with Fred that's, that was on the Mickey Mouse Club. Okay. He now is on Prairie Home Companion. <laughs> uh-huh. And he's the voices. He does all the funny voices. Oh, okay. And so I emailed him. And I was like, hey, I've kind of got this dream that I think, because you know, I'm like a freshman in college trying to figure right. this out, but nothing ever came of it. I mean, mm-hmm. he emailed me back. Yeah. He was very kind. And he their Christmas card is the, our favorite one every year because it's so creative because he's an artist. Right. And mm-hmm. it just kind of fell away. Mm. I didn't know how that matched my faith mm-hmm. is part of one of the reasons I didn't pursue it. And I wasn't very confident in my physical appearance. And so I wasn't sure that I could ever be famous. If that makes sense, and so um, so then I just so then no just to it. Then I became a school teacher, and Mm -hmm. I loved it. Fourth and fifth grade, Mm -hmm. five years. I and I performed every day. 180 days. I mean, I say all the time that I only have one skill set. I can entertain people long enough that they learn something. That's all I know how to do, and I so it. I just would entertain. I mean, I'd bring my guitar to school, mm-hmm. and every spelling, every spelling bee, I made up stories or spelling test on Fridays. I would make up stories that involved every kid in the class, and I had to use the word with each of their names. I mean, like I, love I it. was, I was entertaining them all the time. I hope they learned something. But the good thing about fourth and fifth grade is everything you learn gets hit again pretty quick. So, so the thing. <laughs> Didn't grab it right. from me. You'll get it next. That's year. right. Yeah. You'll get it's it next year. Around. It's coming back yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not reading. You yeah. know how to read <laughs> by the time you get to me in my schools. Right. It's not reading that you don't know how to do. It's, right, it, right. You know, you know how to add and subtract. If uh-huh. you don't get long division here, guess what? You get it. You get the another run next year. Right, yeah. right, yes. right. So, um, so I practiced that that whole time. Meanwhile, I'm starting to lead a Bible study for high school girls at my church, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. And they really asked me to—they just said, will you write us a Bible? Will you, like, tell us stories as our Bible study every week? And so oh my that's God. my first book, Perfectly Unique, is I literally huh. kept—I would write them a story every weekend. I'd go copy it on my school printer for all the girls. They'd come over to my house Monday night, and I'd pass it out, and they would read it. And then we would talk huh. about it. And for some reason, I just took notes as they were that's telling amazing. me what they connected with and what they didn't. And at the end of the semester, one of the girls said, this is two thousand and." six, five and six school year, at the end of the semester, one of the girls says, hey, will you print me out one more copy and staple it like a book so I can give it to a friend? And I was like, huh, did I just write a book? <laughs> okay. All right. So then I moved to Nashville, and oh, I, I decided that like if I'm going to pursue this thing, one of my grandmothers owned a bookstore. The other was a librarian. Mm-hmm. Like Books were just in my life, huh. my whole life. I love reading. So I was like, maybe I'll write a book. And, I, and so— then I decided to move to Nashville, which is a whole other story. I decided to move to Nashville and kind of think, like, I'm 27 and single. If I'm going to be homeless, at least it'll just be me. And I move here, and I and I had had saved up a bunch of money in Atlanta, so I didn't have to get a job right away. So the first six months, I'm literally— Writing a book and making friends, going to church at Midtown, mm-hmm. and then about three months into living here, I'm already friends with Marissa Van Houten, who's Marissa Pardo right now, now, right now, as of right, <laughs> right now, now, as of, as of right she's now, Marissa Pardo. And I, I was working on, I was finishing Perfectly Unique. It had only been, it was about as half as long as it needed to be to be a real book. But when I moved here, and I say to her, like, I just need something one day a week to not think about myself. I'm writing a book about me. I just need something. And she says, "You want to come to Mocha Club and volunteer?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'd love to come volunteer." So I folded T-shirts oh okay. every Friday for. If we, that was when we still shipped T-shirts out. Of I mean, yeah. we we folded T-shirts. Emily Hickey and I folded T-shirts. She was the intern, and I was the volunteer every yeah. Friday for That's probably amazing. a year. And it was like my wow. first volunteer thing I'd ever had time to do. Because when you teach school, you're working Monday through Friday. Right. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I wasn't working through Monday through Friday. And so, so then, so that's kind of how it all started. Then I, with publishing and um, fast forward, that was 2008. Fast forward, a lot of no's and a lot of trouble and a lot of rejection. And um, finally, in 2012, someone picks it up. So I wrote the book in 2005. It doesn't come wow. out until 2012. And then, After that, it's just kind of like I've been tied to the front of a freight train ever since, and it's just going. I had a book in 12, Mm. 13, 14, 15, 17, 18, 19. And so it is – no, not 19. Sorry, not 19. 17, 18. We won't have one this year. We'll have one next year. Okay. And so – yeah, well, we will have a little one this year, but it's not—it's a—it's a leather version of um, hundred days to brave with ten extra days oh, cool. in it. Yeah, coming out in October. That's because awesome. so many of my friends—I mean, women are going to love it because it's beautiful, right? But so many of my friends are dudes, and hundred days to brave is pink and gold, and so right. they're That's like, fair. "We want to do this, and the content isn't female, but I can't carry this. <laughs> like, I can't use this in a coffee shop." Oh, Matt and Dave, and uh, we were all talking about like the difference between journals and diaries. Yes, true. yes, 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 yes. Yeah. It's Real. Mm-hmm. And so we, I just kept, my publisher was so generous. I just kept being like, can we have a leather cover? And they're like, yes, we can. That's and awesome. And so women are going to like it, I hope, and men are going to like it. So that, that'll be what comes out this year, but nothing new till next year.
0: And you just released the pink linen one. Yeah, the, it Target Girl. only. I know, and it's so special. Mm-hmm. It's so really cute. beautiful. It's really yeah. awesome.
1: I think it's, I think it hits the exact demographic there mm-hmm. that we want. And, For sure. And Target wanted it, which if Target says jump, I'm like, how high? Yeah. <laughs> you tell me, Target. Yeah, so. So it's only available there, which is awesome. And it's only for the spring of 2019. It'll be gone by June. Yeah. Yeah. So get it now, Yeah, so get it now. I don't know when this comes out. But yes, as long as as it's before the spring, it's for
0: Mother's Day and graduation and Easter. Okay. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. It's really fun. So moving to Nashville, was that a scary jump or was that was like, get me to Nashville? Oh, 0%. I was terrified.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. I had never been here. I uh, I just felt like this is one of the crazier stories of my life. I, I am a person. Often on my show, we ask people, "What is it? How do you hear God?" Just because there's so many mm. different ways to hear Him, and and it's good to know that there are other ways than than the one or two ways that are traditionally taught. Sure. And I can think of a lot of times in my life that um, that I think that the Lord gave me options, and that I think I heard Him. I can think of about three times that I that there was a directive and mm-hmm. one of the three times was moving to Nashville and i was wow. like no thank you mm-hmm. i don't know anyone there my whole life i'd moved back to my hometown i'd bought a house for my best friends and as they upgraded for wow. our kids and i lived down the street from my people I, mean, I was in a small group that with everyone i grew up with like my hometown one of the beautiful things about my hometown is you go there and you stay mm-hmm. and so i i'm, I'm a, one of a very small number of us that don't live there and okay. so it is bizarre yeah. And so uh, I came and visited, and some friends of mine from college who I hadn't seen in probably seven or eight years lived here, Kevin and Mandy Mann, who are worship oh, leaders yes. at Midtown. Love them. Kevin was the worship leader at my campus ministry in college in okay. Georgia. Okay. And his little brother, Kyle, was like my best friend all through college. I like Neat. loved him. We we were like best, best pals. And so I saw Kevin all the time because they lived together. Okay, And so when I'm thinking of moving here, I email them, and I'm like, Hey, I'd love to come visit y'all. <laughs> I don't want to move to Nashville, but I'd just love to, like, see it. And now they're both like, yeah, we knew something was up. Then there's like, why would you do that? Sure. And so I came that weekend. And I mean, before I was even, like, out of my zip code mm. in Atlanta, I knew. And I, I was hmm. like, oh, this is God. And I cried the whole three-and-a-half-hour drive. I was in a rental car because my car was broken. Wow. I'll, like, never forget it. It was this weird, tiny red car that's nothing like me <laughs> or my car. And I just, like, um, it was It was the hard, it to this day, it was the hardest thing I've ever done is moving here because hmm. I left everything. I didn't have yeah. any people here. I had met— um, Marissa, she and my sister Tatum, were friends at um, Georgia. Yeah, I had met a guy named Jason that was tour managers for Dave and Matt. Oh, okay. We had mutual friends in Atlanta. So I had met Marissa and Jason. They both went to Midtown. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I don't care. I don't care. And what. the mans were there. And the so. mans were there. So I was kind of like, uh-huh. okay, sure. God, if they teach the Bible, I will go there. Right. And—, and, and which was great, and I love. I mean, I think Midtown. I went to their Good Friday service. who my so favorite, special, so mm-hmm. special, it's the best one. And so that, yeah, I mean, it, it was really hard. You know, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Found I don't know if I've ever told you this before, but the week I was leaving, I was moving here in an. I moved here in August of two thousand eight. I moved on a Sunday. That morning, I went to church at my home church. I, everyone I'd grown up with, are you sure you want to do this? Kind of mm-hmm. everybody mm-hmm. saying to me,
0: mm-hmm. I would
1: already brought a load of furniture clothes already paid rent already had a place here
0: okay
1: i'd got i was back home and actually moving this time and i went up to the altar sunday morning after church and i said to the lord okay i was willing don't make me do it like i like mm-hmm. where's the ram here you mm-hmm. know like in jacob and e, in, mm-hmm. uh abraham, abraham and isaac, isaac. sorry abraham yeah. and isaac where i was like look i brought i brought the offering don't make me kill it mm-hmm. like let me let, like I'll, I already paid a month of rent like let me out. Yeah. And su- I, it's super clearly the Lord said Nashville's the greatest gift I've ever given you. And I thought, man, I don't know how that's true. But mm. I know you. I know your voice. I've studied your word. I've been uh, I've been connected with you for a long time. If my mom calls me on the phone, I know it's her. Mm. And and I knew it was him. And I just went, okay, Nashville's the greatest gift you ever given me. I do not know how that's true. But I will go there today. And it still was terrible. I still didn't. I mean, the first few months were so hard. I had to say yes to all sorts of social things I didn't want to do. I made, I mean, I literally just wrote a book and made friends and volunteered at Mocha Club for the first six months I lived mm-hmm. here. But man, a decade later, Nashville is the greatest gift the mm. Lord's ever given me. And I could not, I could, I can, he was right. Yeah. He was right. He was right all along. And, and what's hilarious is in 2000, and, 11. You got married in 10? Nine. Nine. Okay. In 11, I moved to Scotland for six months. Mm-hmm. And that move was so much easier than moving to Nashville. Really? Because I'd already know. I'd already seen what God would do.
0: Right. Right. I was like, oh,
1: I know what happens when you open up a door for me to live somewhere else. You provide. Uh And it is not easy, but it is good. And so moving over the ocean was so
0: much easier than moving three hours north. It was crazy. That is crazy. That's good to remember that, though. We had a sermon on Sunday where we were talking about... You look back on what the Lord has done. You look at who he is. You can hold on to the promises that he's going to yeah, do it. That's right. right. But it Ebenezer is so hard. Stuff. Yes, yeah. it is so hard. I'm I'm putting myself in your shoes. I yeah. think I would have still been terrified to yeah. move across the ocean yeah. knowing what the Lord had already done. I think my personality right. is just like, but are you going to do it again? Yep. Yeah. That's exactly right. Is this the right move? And that goes back to me being a one. Is this the right thing to do? Is the wrong thing? Did I really hear your voice? Was that my own voice mm-hmm. making a decision? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Anyways, all that to say, it was brave of you to do it a second And You know what's what's great about the Lord and great about life on this planet?
1: Is if you think you hear Him and you try, He's Mm. with you. Mm. Like, He's not going to—like, you're walking off a cliff because you're trying to be obedient. He's like, oh, I wish I could rescue her. Right. I Mm. wish I could—and it's like, no, He just moves the rocks so you don't fall. Mm. Like, He goes like, man, she's really trying, or He's really trying I am going to I am gonna make this work. I will be in this with him and in mm. this with her. And so you just go like, man, man, Lord, you know my heart. You know, I'm kind of in one of those right now where I'm going like, am I doing this wrong? I think I hear you, but I may be doing this wrong. Will you just be you? Will mm. you be the God of the story? Because I'm kind of trying to be the God of the story maybe, and it's not working. But I, I think he... I, there's this really we. This is a very charismatic story, but I heard a preacher one time tell this story about how he had kind of spoken over someone like, "I think God's gonna give you a house. Hmm. I think God's gonna make make of a house available mm-hmm. for you." And and that night he woke, the, he felt like the Lord woke him up in the middle of the night and said, "Like that wasn't me. That was you. But I'm gonna make this right. But hmm. pay attention next time. Like it was like a rebuke right. on the preacher's part, but the Lord was going, but out I'll hmm. be faithful. Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing we can hold on to is when you are trying to hear Him, you will not miss Him. He doesn't let you. He just hmm. doesn't let you. And so you you may take a longer route than you want to take. You may experience something you didn't want to have happen. You will experience stuff you don't want to have it happen, but you won't miss him. Mm-hmm. It's just the it's the promise. Yeah. Well, it's
2: the reason we do that's it's why life is a journey.
1: Yeah. Right. It's not right. a
2: journey to discovering ourselves. It's not a journey to happiness or right. accomplishment or achievement. It's a journey to seeing and living more fully with our Lord. Yeah. 100%. And so a lot of the time you most recognize him the yeah. farther off the road you fell yeah. and the bigger the rescue you needed. Yeah. And yeah. Um, the farther you leave, and the, yeah. the bigger the hurdle and the fear, and you just recognize so much of what the Lord is doing. Uh-huh. And again, it's all—even Sabbath. It's all back to that perspective yeah. shift of yeah. how do we see the Lord at work? Sometimes that's in rest. Sometimes that's in failure. Sometimes yeah. that's in yeah. Um, lavish abundance.
1: And I think it's... People ask me a lot. I have a lot of friends uh, that follow the podcast or read my books or whatever that that are in their early 20s or mid-20s, right. and they want to know God's will for their life. Right. And, and I always say that. Yes. And I always how? say that. Do you want to know it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, You're going to know it. It's that easy. If you... Do you want to marry the right person? You're going to marry the right person. Like If mm. you will... And also... We're not talking about there's one right person, blah 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 blah. But <laughs> who you marry will be right. right if that is what you're seeking. The scripture promises if you seek him, you will find him. If you seek him with your whole heart, mm. you're not gonna miss. And so, like, it's the people that go like, "I'm gonna do whatever I want with my life and hope God blesses it." That I go like, mm-hmm. "Good luck, yeah, blessings." Yeah. I hope. But but friends like y'all, I mean, I've watched both your lives, and y'all have watched my life. Like when we go like. God, I'm really trying. Mm. I'm making mistakes here, but I really actually only want to do with this one life I get exactly what you want me to do. And he goes, Good, mm. me too. that's what I want for you too. That is what we will do. And he just doesn't let you miss. He just doesn't. Mm. He is so much nicer than we give him credit for. Yeah. He is just purely nice. And I know mm. that's a word, it doesn't always feel that way. And his kindness has a lot of faces and all that, but. Mm. But He's not going to let you miss yeah. it. It doesn't mean everything's going to be easy or perfect. But
2: Well, I think the reason I see a lot of where the, where the Lord never allowed me to miss is when, when what He gives me comes on the backside of a lot of pain yeah. and a lot of question yeah. and a lot of uncertainty. And those are the places where it's like, I, I, I did not give you what you asked for when you asked for it because this is my dream for you. Uh-huh. And it was so mm-hmm. uh-huh. much bigger yes, and more elaborate and extravagant and purely mine yes. than I would have written had I been writing my own script, which gives you a little bit more of the Ebenezer we were talking about, like mm-hmm. just a little bit more trust that like in those moments or those places of, oh, my gosh, did I fall off a rock? Where are you? What are you doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, wait, your story, the, the way you write this will be better than uh-huh. I could ever mm-hmm. have envisioned. Yep. It requires trust in these moments mm. of yes. doubt and fear. and I—I yeah. I mean,
1: I—I I think that often about. I mean, I've said it very recently about an ex, where I went like, "Oh, you knew what I didn't know, Lord. Mm-hmm. Okay, that mm-hmm. was a rescue." That right. I thought you were breaking my heart. You were actually rescuing yeah. me. Yeah. And yeah. that is true for jobs and partners and cities and that that it may not look the way you think it's gonna look, but mm-hmm. you will at some point look back. hopefully on this side of heaven, you will at some point go mm-hmm. that makes so, so much, much sense. sense now. Yeah. Right. And if it's not here, we will get it there. But right, right. but I nine times out of ten, I understand here. Right. In my life right now, as a human person on Earth, I understand right here why he did or didn't mm. let that thing work out. Mm. Where I go like, okay, I get that. I mean, there are tragedies that I don't understand, and there, mm-hmm. I mean, again, not sure. ten yeah. times out of ten, but nine times out of ten in my own selfish, first world, Annie life, I mm-hmm. go like, oh, oh, you, you saved me. Mm-hmm. Yes, you rescued yes. me. Mm-hmm. You didn't, you didn't hurt me. You hurt me to heal me. Right is what mm-hmm. is what happened, and and so he he is just. Better. Mm-hmm. My friend Jonathan has a book called Jesus Is Better. It is just true. He's yes. just better yes. than we give him credit for. Yeah. Aaron Nequist says it. He 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 writes these liturgies and one of them says, Um, how would you live today? I'm gonna butcher this, but you can find it online. How would you live today if you knew that God was better, if you knew the truth that God was better than you even think he is?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you just go like, Oh, he's he's better than I even think he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he's thinking of this. He's thinking of this more than I yeah. am, mm-hmm. and and that is that is real. A thing happened today with work. This like I mean, about as bad a thing that can happen with a book you want to write as possible, hmm. and and a book you've already started. Like this thing happened, and and it shouldn't have happened today. It should have happened a month ago, and it and it mm-hmm. should have it shouldn't have happened at all. And if it was going to happen, it should have happened a month ago. Mm-hmm. Much and, better timing, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, and then this morning it happens, and you just go like. I called my agent crying, and I just went like, mm. this has to be God. Mm. Why did this happen today? It shouldn't have happened today. This should have already happened, and if it was going to happen at all. And and she just says, instead of um, how did this go wrong, let's ask, what does this make possible?
0: right? Hmm.
1: And what door does this open? And I went like, oh, yeah, he's just better than I think he is. Mm. He he is doing what I can't see, and he is better. Yeah. He is always operating in the background. You mm-hmm. know, he is making arrangements in response to what I've asked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, what broke my heart at 9 a.m. was a was a testimony of his faithfulness by 10:30. Mm-hmm. Right, it's an invitation. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think. Um, Man, I should just let you um,
2: narrate our this new podcast or our new. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you should narrate our website. We're getting ready to totally rebrand. Oh yeah, and remarket and um, around two concepts. Okay, beauty and opportunity. Oh wow, because I think we find those things. I see those things so often in Africa, where in a world where most people, the pictures we see are need and broken and hard, which is true. You've experienced it's beautiful, it's beautiful. I love those people, the um, the parts of Africa so unique and diverse and different. It's
1: beautiful. I mean, South African people, I adore them. I've only been to South Africa and Ghana, and the two people groups there that I've met, I'm in love with. I just imagine the entire continent they are all that way, yeah,
2: yeah, and they look different and they sound different and they have these. They hold these different perspectives that challenge mine, uh-huh. which is a beautiful
1: gift yeah. when you travel around the world and you get to experience other people's. And but- it just shows you that God looks so different than a white guy with a white beard, right? Because right? I'm like, that's if if that guy is made in God's image, yeah, that's not what God looks like to me when I'm six. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's just beautiful. It's why you got to see the world, I think. Yeah. yeah.
2: And the other word that we pair with that is opportunity and yeah. this idea that it really comes from this moment that I had with um, our country director in South Sudan. So, you know, we're, South Sudan um, erupted into a civil war. So yeah. all of what we were doing moved to these refugee camps. And so I went a couple of years ago in 2016 and I'm standing on this rock overlooking 800,000 people Yeah. and I'm having what every person my age and background would probably have an emotional response that's like a little bit of helplessness and sadness and I want to solve and fix like all these things are happening inside my brain and my heart and my gaze sweeps up to Tito who has this huge smile on his face Yeah, and I couldn't reconcile the two Yeah, and he said Emily where you see brokenness and poverty I see opportunity. And he went on to describe like just like you were saying, the Lord is making way in the midst of closing something or changing something or editing your yeah. life circumstance yeah. that gives us an opportunity, an opportunity right. to see Him at work, an opportunity to change directions, an opportunity to get an education or um, meet new people or be thrust into a different circumstance and yeah. you know yeah. and it's just um, it's a beautiful part of what we get to do as we explore. Together with men and women all over the continent, where what is the beauty that the Lord has built them for, and and the vision that they see that they want to call forth, mm-hmm. and then what's the opportunity around that? Oh, that's mm. awesome! So, I love that you've been a part of this work with us for so long. I yeah, mean, from volunteering. That's why I got to go
1: to South uh, South Africa, is I yeah. went on a Mocha Club mm-hmm. trip. I I just absolutely yeah, I love it. I, you know my dream still when once you're post baby. Yeah. I want to go see we're not taking babies. Irene. Yes. yes. I want to go She's too. coming here. Oh, good. I just want to see the schools. Oh, yeah. We, oh, go. yeah, we got to get you there. Yeah. I want For to see. sure. I want to see the school.
2: Also, just so that you know, because it's important to me, one of the other things we talk about is how we take what we have, and you and I have talked about this, you know, the idea of leveraging who you are, giving what you have, sure, sharing what you know, learning what you don't, um, to change the world. Like, that's what we're called to do, whether you do that. In, in Nebraska or whether you do that in Guatemala or whether you do that in Africa. Yeah. How do you leverage all of these pieces of who you are? Um, and I think you're an example of one of the people that has done that. You take oh, all of your gift and your skill set. What did you say about teaching? Uh, Entertaining
1: people long enough that they learn
2: something. Mm -hmm. It's literally still what I do. Which is literally the truth (laughs) of of your life. Yeah, yeah. And yet you've turned that and cultivated that into a place where the Lord has magnified His presence and purpose through you, but to tons of people. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also true in our Mocha Club world that you've Mm -hmm. um, invited people and challenged people and called people to be a part of something bigger than, than themselves, in
0: particular in Africa. Yeah.
2: And what are our numbers? We ran some numbers. We ran numbers oh, okay. You, to celebrate uh, with numbers you. Numbers on you. Oh,
0: yeah. Okay. Because of you and your involvement in leveraging yourself, you've impacted 40 communities. No way. Which times how many That's people crazy. in each community? Oh I my mean, gosh. That's, yeah. my awesome. That's
1: my friends. Who've and a a That's my friends who joined. It's a But again, really it's you cool. using your voice
2: and your leverage and that your ability to do something yeah. bigger than yourself. Yeah. And am, we're grateful for that. Wow. Well. And let's just add I a caveat. You. That
0: doesn't include your purpose project or even like your personal investment in Yeah, club. Like oh, yeah. that's, that's just, just you using your voice. Yeah, that's and the really Lord cool. And the way that the Lord uniquely Thanks. has called you to
1: the purpose project it. was so fun too. Wasn't I'm that So that? sad we never got to go over there. <laughs> I know, right? There was
0: there was unrest or something.
1: <laughs> no, in, no, it was right when we were right trying to go that bombing. <gasps> that's, that's right. Bomb there was a bombing. bombing. That's mm-hmm. right, right mm-hmm. when we were trying to decide to go. was
2: a group of women, it's probably not the largest, the best idea to just take like a lot of ladies. A lot
1: of a lot of girls right after a bombing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love y'all and I'm grateful. Um, to be a part of Mocha Club I love it I believe in it thank you
0: we're grateful for you thank you for being here yeah my pleasure Oh, we love Annie. Thank you so much for being here with us for this conversation. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Um, If you wouldn't mind just heading over to iTunes, subscribing to Changing the Conversation if you haven't already. We got more episodes coming up and we don't want you to miss them. So make sure you're subscribed. Leave some ratings and reviews. That also helps us out a lot. Would really appreciate if you did that. And lastly, go ahead and follow us on social media. At Mocha Club and at African Leadership. Let's be friends. Um, Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you soon.